remember when, I remember, I remember when I lost my mind. There was something so pleasant about that place. Even your emotions have an echo in so much space. And when you're out there without care, yeah, I was out of touch. Welcome to Mondays with Millie, a podcast about the past with real relevance to the present day. I'm your host, Phil Christofaro, and in this podcast series, I interview my 90-year-old mother-in-law, Doreen, who I affectionately call Millie, about her ordinary life and the extraordinary events which influenced it. Millie has witnessed firsthand some incredible things across 10 decades. This is a personal history, which gives us some perspective about life's triumphs and challenges. But think twice That's my only advice Ooh. Come on now, who do you Who do you, who do you, who do you think you are Ha ha ha, bless your soul You really think you're in control I think you're crazy I think you're crazy Welcome to episode number two, season seven of Mondays with Millie. In this episode, Millie recalls the events surrounding JC contracting the SARS virus, a pandemic which affected thousands of people during the 2000s and the aftermath. And I can die when I'm done. It was on one of those trips that John contracted SARS. It was, yes. Um, that was two, at the end of 2003. And um, we usually stayed in um, Singapore both ways, you know, three days in Singapore going and three days coming back. <coughs> and we, we got on the plane and I remember John saying, oh, the, look what we're going to have for dinner. And I, I said, it was late when we got on the plane. And I said, no, that's not right. Look, the, it's Hong Kong to Singapore, that program. I said, we're, we're, that menu. I said, uh, we'll be having lunch or breakfast, not dinner. And uh, they, um, they came and took that program away and gave him another one, another menu. And, and so it was from the previous flight, you see. So we knew the plane had come from Hong Kong. And two days after we got home, he was very ill. And I took him to the doctors. And the doctor said, oh, he's got pneumonia. And I said, oh, well, weren't we lucky? I said, because we've just come back from Singapore. And immediately it was like as though a, there were bells ringing, you know. Um, he He got onto the computer and the next thing was, 
um, you have to wait here, you have to wait here. Uh, and in no time at all, it was, um, can you take him home? Can you look after him? If we send a nurse round every day to, to check, uh, we can't take him into hospital. And I, I said, what, what what's going on, you know? Anyway, then we got home and the next thing was every day there was someone from London, from a hospital in London was ringing and tell it, saying, uh, how is he? And of course they were coming every day and taking blood and taking blood from me. And uh, we were told we hadn't to uh, have any visitors. <clears throat> and then um, they told us that he'd got the SARS virus. And they didn't want him in hospital because um, they obviously they, they weren't quite sure how to treat it and they knew it was very contagious. But I didn't catch it. I took precautions, of course. And the nurses used to come each day and they used to put gowns on and even, even the slippers on the feet and everything before they came into the house. Um, it was, uh, it was a, a worrying time, really. But he recovered after about four weeks. But, of course, then he... Um, I'm saying recovered, he never really recovered because, you know, nowadays they'd call it long COVID. But the same thing happened to people then. Some of them never recovered, really. And um, the next thing was they were taking x-rays when he was better and they said, I'm sorry, he's... You know, he's, there's something wrong with his lungs. And um, he died in 2006. But we did, you know, you know yourself, we still came over another couple of times before he wasn't well enough to come uh, to travel. And um, it, the, he really sort of deteriorated, didn't he? When we were in... Um, in 2005, when we were, it was Christmas, and we spent Christmas with you. And then um, we went, we all went to New Zealand. Do you remember? Yeah, I remember. We had a lovely trip. time, the whole we family. Did. We did, yeah. In New Zealand. But if you remember, he, he was very tired. And two or three times, he didn't come down to dinner. He he said no, I don't need any. I don't want any dinner. I just I'll just go to bed. And after that, it just you know it just faded away really. Yes, had the breathing problem. They had to have permanent oxygen, and it was um it was a distressing time. When when he caught um COVID, when he caught SARS. And you were going, you said you took precautions when you went to the hospital. That, what, you wore a mask or? What, oh, what? I didn't go to, well, we weren't allowed oh, in sorry, the hospital. You were at, sorry, at home. It recovered. Home. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. No, I didn't wear a mask at home, but we, we slept in separate bedrooms and I kept my distance to a certain extent, but of course I had to look after him, you know. Um, But, um, the, well, what, one day a young nurse came to take his blood and she panicked completely and she stood outside the front door and uh, she dithered about and she put a mask on and a gown and, and these slippers on her feet and, and gloves and everything. 
She even covered her hair up. And she came in and she tried to take blood. And in the end, she said, I can't do it. I can't do it. And disappeared. She she went. <clears throat> and um, John was sat in an armchair then. You know, he wasn't in bed. He'd started to get up. But um, a little while later, the doctor rang and he said, I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry, Mrs. Connolly. But he said, um, I'm sending a more experienced nurse. And he did. And the ne next nurse that came, all she did was put an apron on and, and a mask and that was it, you know. Uh, but the, 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 the young nurse really was frightened, very frightened. Um, but they kept... Uh, uh, these people that kept ringing from London, they fortunately, you see, when he first started to be ill, we'd just come back. We, so I hadn't even unpacked properly. And um, they were asking me where we stayed and everything. And I was able to tell them the hotel, the actual room we stayed in, uh, the river trip we went on, which the boat was called, uh, even the, the flight, the, the, um, the flight number and absolutely everything. I was able to give them all the details because, of course, I'd got all the paperwork there. I hadn't even unpacked it. No. So they said that was very useful to them. Mm. Were, but, there, uh, since... were there other people that had come back on that flight that had contracted it as well? I never found out. I never found that out. But the strange thing was that John handled this um, menu, which definitely was Hong Kong to Singapore. I didn't handle that at all. Uh, and think, I do think, you think he might have caught it from that? I think so, yes. I think so. Although, uh, and I know when we, we were at the airport, there, were, there, were, there was nobody in Singapore that was wearing a mask at the time. But they were shortly afterwards, you know. I mean, we would have noticed, wouldn't we, if people were there in a mask when you weren't used to seeing them in a mask. We would have noticed. Well, I think it was also maybe it was a bit early on in the in that um, pandemic because they got to a point where they were temperature checking people. They had the X-ray machines at the airport where they were um, yes. scanning people's temperatures and things yes. like that. But you didn't notice anything like that coming through. No, no, there's nothing like that. So it must have all kicked off all of a sudden you know mm. what symptoms did he have was he just did short of breath and had a cough and all those sorts of things he didn't cough very much not very much at all he just got very short of breath especially when he was walking about and uh, he had to keep going for x-rays and each time he went for an x-ray they'd say oh it's 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 all right it's not progressed anymore it's not progressed anymore um, and it just the way they, they described it to me afterwards of course his lungs kept collapsing you see mm. in the final in the final few weeks mm. his lungs collapsed they'd take him in hospital sort him out and a week later he'd come home and then it would happen again and uh, I, the doctor told me that it would keep happening 
there was nothing they could do about it. Mm. Yeah. It wasn't anything that could be put right, I'm afraid. But he did have two and a half good years mm, before life became uh, difficult, you know. Because he was on, was he was on oxygen, wasn't he? Pretty much. He was permanently, mm. Mm. and of course, with Kirsten, um, we'd arranged that she and the children were coming over to have a holiday with us because we couldn't come over to you, uh, and we we booked to go to this very nice hotel up in the Lake District, and it was all arranged that they were going to deliver oxygen for him. And we'd got a wheelchair for him, which he hated, of course, um, but had to use. And uh, we were going to have a little holiday with Kirsten and the children. And Alex was going to join us as well. And um, and that was going to take place in in uh, July, at the end of July. And, uh, and Kirsten did come over. He died on Ju- June the 20th. And Kirsten came back again and brought Flynn and uh, we had the holiday, but it wasn't quite what we were, we expected, you know. No, of course not. But we did. We, we, we did have it together. Yeah. Did, because um, Kirsten brought both the children over, didn't she? She did. Not for the funeral. She just brought Neve with her for the funeral because, of course, she was too. She felt she was too young to leave behind. Uh, and uh, if you remember, uh, Flynn stayed with you in Australia, and I think your sisters helped to look after him. Uh, well, Kirsten came for the funeral. I remember when. I remember. I remember when I lost my mind. There was something so pleasant about that place. Even your emotions have an echo in so much space. When you're out there without care, yeah, I was out of touch. But it wasn't because I didn't know enough. I just knew too much. Does that make me crazy? Does that make me crazy? Does that make me crazy? Possibly. And that concludes episode number two, season seven of Monday Supernova. Next week, Kirsten and the family decide to take a sabbatical and live in St Anne's-on-Sea for a year. Look forward to your company again next week. Come on now, who do you, who do you, who do you, who do you think you are? Ha, 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 bless your soul. You really think you're in control? Mondays with Millie is an e-learn production. 
Editing and dodgy guitar work by yours truly, Phil Cristofaro. Vocal work by Millie's granddaughter, Neve.